Welcome to Open the Word. I'm Beth, and I'm here with a dear friend today, Miss Libby. Hi, Beth. It's good to be here with you. It is so good to sit across the podcasting slash radio slash table where we share our hearts Mm -hmm. um, with one another, and yet we know that there will be others who are first-time listeners to our story. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so today is one of those gifts from God to look back, to unpack, to see his faithfulness. And then as we leave here today, um, we move forward because his plan continues for our lives. So um, I'll just, I'm going to jump in. This is, this is. This is the Libby story (laughs) from Beth's perspective. Mm. I have known Libby as an acquaintance for over 40 years. Yes. She's been in my world for a very long time. And um, I always knew her to be kind and thoughtful and sweet and helpful and as one who loved the Lord. Truth of the matter is she intimidated me a bit, uh, and and even more so my husband, and that was before he was saved. So uh, Libby has been a part of our world. You, Libby, have babysat my little brother-in-laws. You've babysat my five throughout <laughs> the years. In fact, this is the Libby of whom my son, at age seven or so, I can't remember the year, said to me, Mom, I love you so much. And I said, Oh, Clay, I love you too. And he said, You're the best mom in the whole wide world. And I said, Aw, thank you. And he said, After Libby. (laughs) (laughs) To which I had to respond, but Clay doesn't live with me. <laughs> oh, but I have a feeling. If Ask he my had, own children. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. She um, loves so well. And thank you for loving my children so well. And, you know, now I have grandchildren. So it should come as no surprise that my oldest grandson was at the table with Libby and, and me one day. And um, he came over to me and he whispered in my ear, Bia. I love Libby more than you. And I said, okay, yeah, I get that. And then he went to Libby, and he said, Libby, I love you more than Bia. And Libby was like, oh, Lucas, no, no. And I said, it's okay, Lucas. I love Libby more than me, too. <laughs> Libby loves well. And and watching Libby do life has taught me. I She, she has mentored me without being my mentor, and yet... You are. Um, You sang at our wedding, and we've done other musical things together. Your husband was a part of our world even before you were a part of our world. Um, He graduated with my sister. He was a neighbor to my husband. So uh, having having the Pukulas in our family circle has, has just been a given. And I know that so many people respect Libby. And I have so many Libbyisms. Like uh, I have quotes that I say, my friend Libby says, and, and they're, they're words of wisdom and grace. And uh, that, that was something, the grace part and the wisdom part was something that I needed. Oh, I needed it in my life. So uh, today I sit at the table with God's gift of Libby. 
Well, and Beth, I'm going to just interrupt you (laughs) (laughs) and humbly, humbly thank you. None of this is new to me because Beth is such an encourager and she has told me all of these things. Uh, to build me up, to edify me. And I can speak those words right back to you, especially the mentoring part. And you can ask my kids, you know, they're, they're so used to hearing, well, Beth said, <laughs> or I'm thinking about what Beth would do, or whatever. And they love it. They love it. They love you. Um, so boy, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. And I am so, so thankful. Yes. So thankful because I think apart from God, we may not know each other. And that would be a very sad world for me to live in. Now, I, I will add this. When I told my son, Clay, who's now 21, what his nephew had said about Libby, he laughed and he said, what are the chances? What are the chances that both your son and a grandson would say that about Libby. And I said, oh, Clay, I think the chances are pretty great when one of your dearest friends is Mary Poppins. (laughs) (laughs) So your name's not Mary, but again, I'm so thankful to have you in my life. You have walked me through many seasons. You you walked me through a season of a a tough time in our marriage. Um, You were there on day one of Team Beachy, and we continued to see each other. Um, your kids were at my house. They're not too scarred, are they? <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness. Oh. They, you know what? they, uh, Listeners, they call the Beachy house the country house. Mm-hmm. My grandkids mm-hmm. do because they love going there, and it's just such a place of refuge for them and for my kids too and so we are so grateful like I said Beth this just goes both ways and isn't that a gift it is a gift it is and it's the um I mean it's the story as we read through the bible of those friendships um those Iron sharpening iron friendships. Also, I think of the Proverbs that says wounds from a friend are better Mm -hmm. than kisses from an enemy. Mm -hmm. We've never wounded each other physically, but we have spoken, let's call them hard truths to one another, especially in this area of marriage. Uh, Folks, marriage is hard and it's easy to Mm -hmm. give up and you need someone in in your circle of influence who will encourage you to move on and to get through and Libby has been that for me as as we're talking here I can I can remember different scenarios where we were sitting where we were standing when I was pouring my heart out to you about things and you always listened well and and chose your words carefully but you never you never never said you need to get rid of that guy (laughs) and and to your credit you never went to brian and said cut her loose she's not worth the hassle and 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 ours was was such a it, it wasn't these were not moral issues they were perspectives from self right uh he is not feeling my tank the way he should and i know i wasn't filling his tank the way I should have, because we were we were still in that mode of looking how your actions are affecting me, instead of being in that place of saying, "Search me, oh God." 
show show me how you see my mm-hmm. heart and then mm-hmm. speak into me the words that I can speak to be a blessing in this home. And I do believe it's because of Libby's friendship and others who, who spoke words of truth and life and encouragement into my heart that our home can be a refuge today. Oh, yeah. I married yeah. a very good man. He is he is faithful. He is loyal. He is hardworking. And he loves me well. But we're two broken people who loved out of our own brokenness. And um, yes, as I sit here today, I say thank you, Libby, for being an encourager and uh, for continuing to point me to the word and to the truth of God's word and his love for us through all these 40 plus years. (laughs) Oh my. And I, again, I am humbly um, thankful for those words. I could speak them right back to Mm -hmm. you. I could say the same, you know it, Beth, about Mike and me. Uh, Mike, a good, good guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and so much to that story, but we were two very broken people. And, uh, And yes, so (laughs) I can so relate to what you're saying. And some of our struggles came um, simultaneously with yours and Brian's. Mm -hmm. Like we were kind of walking some of that road Mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it, Mike and I had (laughs) dove into right away the hard stuff. And so I feel almost as if the Lord gave us a five-year jump Mm -hmm. on you and Brian and it put me in a position, if I allowed it to, to be a better helper mm-hmm. through some of those things. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time when I was struggling with something, and, and it was with one of my kids and how they were being treated and uh, you know, by other people. And I came to you, and I was just lamenting. And I said something like, how long, how long am I going to kind of be stuck in this blah, 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 blah. And I remember you saying, as long as you choose to be. Mm. And I will never forget that. At first, those words hit me. And I realized, look, all I wanted was Beth to just kind of <laughs> empathize and, and build me up and, and affirm me. And I realized really quickly, that that's exactly what she was doing mm. in the way that God needed her to because it was exactly what I needed to hear. And I have never forgotten it. And I have used it in so many other circumstances, as long as I choose to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's truth. And that's love. That's truth in love. And you know what? True love takes great discernment. And as you had mentioned before, it takes a godly perspective or we are loving out of our brokenness. Mm-hmm. We are loving out of our subjective, well, this is what love is to me. That will eventually, ultimately get you into trouble. Mm-hmm. And I can say that with 100% assurance. Anything subjective like that, that we are defining apart from God and his truth is will get us into trouble. Mm-hmm. It just will. It does. We, we are a testimony to that. Yes, <laughs> we, we are. We are. Mm-hmm. And how wonderful to be able to look back with thanksgiving and just thank God and the people that he's put into our lives that help to keep us pointed to him for not only our sake, 
but for the sake of every person we encounter, and ultimately for the sake of the reputation of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what it really is all about. That's the bottom line, is bringing glory to God no matter what. Mm -hmm. Is that easy? Does that feel good all the time? No, no. 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 Well, I am going to fast forward, and then we'll take a look back from... Our starting point. Mm. I guess our starting point was over 40 years ago. But mm -hmm. Libby, I want to take you to Christmas of 2021. And um, I just want you to tell your story. It's not an easy story, but it's a story that I think many need to hear. Because there, there are people doing life thinking they have forever together. And as followers of Christ, we do, but forever may not look like we think it will. So Libby, tell us about last December. Well, <laughs> I do appreciate the opportunity to share this. And Beth, as you and I had talked way earlier, um, mm -hmm. I had decided it was time, whether I felt like it or not, because I didn't want to wait until I was more on the other side of it to share my story. Mm -hmm. Because I know there are people going through really, really hard things, regardless of, of the circumstances, regardless of the details. But they're in the midst. And I thought, Lord, help me to tell my story while I'm in the midst. And I guess we're all in the midst at some point in our stories. But this is, this is a hard, hard place. It's a hard, hard journey. Uh, back in December, as Mike and I usually do, we had made plans to go visit family for Christmas. And as soon as his Christmas break hits from, from school, where he was a teacher, uh, we just hit the ground running, like whether it was at home doing activities or on the road, or, but it was always with family, and we just relished it. It was just wonderful. So we had already spent time with um, our daughter, Jess, and her husband, Zach, and uh, Darian and Alexis before we chose to head out to Missouri to be with our other daughter, Katrina, and her family, and all of our grandkids at the time. And it was so great. We'd loaded up the car. We had a bunk bed in there that Mike was going to set up for the kids. And, uh, and he said he wasn't feeling well. And this was so unusual for him and for me. And he's like, it's not bad. It's just kind of in my lower back. I think I'll see if I can get in to see the doctor uh, before we hit the road. And he was able to do that. And the doctor said, everything looks good. Probably just a virus that needs to work itself out. If you want, go get a COVID test. And so Mike did. And uh, later in the day, he said, I'm, I'm feeling good. I think we should just go and uh, we'll deal with whatever. So we did. We drove. We got there very late at night. Uh, it's about a 12-hour drive. And early the next morning, he gets the call that his test came back positive, mm. which totally, totally surprised us. Like, we were like, are you sure? Uh, because he had been exposed to COVID so many times. He never got sick, ever, ever, ever. Did not miss school. Uh, he, he just, I just do not remember him ever being sick. And um, so we laid low. Uh, my family was fine with us being there. 
We were also going to see my dad, who we didn't know how much longer we would have with him. Uh, He was doing well, but we knew that you know, things were starting to really go downhill with him. So Mike just kept an eye on how he was doing. He put the bunk beds together. He kept checking his symptoms and all of that. And um, our son Darian and his wife Alexis came out to be with us as well. And then they went back early for her family's Christmas things. And Mike said to me, how about if I just go back with them. I can I can recover at home. You stay here, get out of quarantine and go spend time with your dad. So I remember just holding him and just crying because it just felt wrong <laughs> to do that, to be apart from him on Christmas because they left on Christmas Eve. It just felt wrong. But I appreciated so much his perspective. Like he was thinking clearly of nothing but me, mm-hmm. but me. And um, I knew he would be in a safe place on the road with Darian and Alexis. And he even drove like half the trip. And we kept in touch. Um, as he was home, uh, Darian would come in and check on him and um, do work out in the garage. And Mike would go out there and sit and visit. And then I, I didn't hear from him. And, uh, and Darian called and said, have you heard from Dad? And I said, No. I'm, I'm calling 911. So I did, gave them permission to get in the house, um, and uh, they found him very labored breathing, but alive, got oxygen on him right away, took him to the hospital, and I was so relieved, so relieved. I packed up and hit the road. I had let a few people know about the situation. Beth was one of them, and... Um, and I had prayer warriors all my, all, all my way home. And it took me 12 and a half hours to get there. But Darian and Alexis were with him all day. They couldn't find a place for him in any hospital anywhere. So he stayed in the ER. Um, and he told, he told uh, Darian, he said, hey, I'm sorry, you got to spend your day here with me. So we're thinking, it's good. It's good. He's oh, I'm so thankful. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you got him there. And I mean, it's like he took a turn overnight to the point where he was not able to respond to any of us. And he, he'd been out walking the day before. He went to Walmart twice for after Christmas sales. Mm-hmm. It, it just so bizarre. So bizarre. So I um, kept my phone open as I was driving, and Darian would keep me posted. And I'm telling you, my son was the rock, the rock. He's the one that would have to tell me, Mom, they want to put him on a vent. Mom, I got to tell you, Dad coded. And I'm like, what, 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 what? And, And at that point, I felt as if God was impressing upon me, this is probably not going to turn out the way you want it to. So Darian called me again and said he coded again, Mom. And I just prayed and prayed and prayed. Uh, My car was silent except for my prayers and whatever conversations other people were having with me. And I got to the hospital. And about, let me back up, about an hour away, I just got giddy. I was so excited. I felt like, I felt like I was meeting my husband for the first time, going on a first date. I was so excited 
And I remember just starting to pray, Lord, I'll, I'll take Mike in any condition he's in. I'll take, just, just let me keep him. Let me keep him. I'll take him any way, any way you choose. Just let me keep him. But after every prayer I prayed, I had to say, but not my will, Lord. Not mine. I don't want my will. I want your will. And I want you to help me want your will. Um, and so I got to the hospital. Darian and Alexis were waiting for me. They were so thrilled to see me. And my son just put his hands on my shoulders and said, Now, Mom, I have to tell you, he looks rough. I just want you to be prepared. He looks rough. And he did. And after a time, I went out and I said to Darian, I get it, but why? Why does he look like that? You know, the blood, the swelling. the. And Darian, again, just put his arms on me and said, Mom, when somebody codes, they beat them up. They beat them up to bring them back. And I just could not understand why he coded. It's like, whoa, what's going on? So I was with him for an hour, and uh, he coded for a third time. And I got up and, and, and got out of the way so the, the team could do their incredible choreography of taking turns, bringing this man back to life. And I watched the monitor. And I just prayed, and I just said, Lord, you got to call this. I can't. Please make this decision. I don't want them coming to me and saying, what do you want to do? Because, Lord, you know what I want to do. But as your child, I'm coming to you saying, I don't know, and I want you to do it all. So the doctor came to me. And he had me look at the monitor, and he said, um, this is what your husband has been doing for three minutes. I think it's time to call it. And I said, okay. And the most painful words at that time in my life were to hear these words from the team. Call it 1.50 a.m. And to watch them put that blanket over my husband, and I just sat as they took all the tubing out of him. And I will say the regret that I have is that I did not uncover him and just lay on him. Um, I just couldn't even look at him. And I just sat there. And I remember just getting onto my phone and sending texts at 2 in the morning, simply saying, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. You know, forwarded to different people. And I knew I was numb. I knew I knew I was in shock. Um, and then the head of nursing came over to sit with me after a while because he had, you know, there's business to take care of. And I happened to see his mom some weeks later, and she told me that he came home because he was still living with them at the time and said, and she said, Libby, he's not supposed to talk about his job at all. But he just cried and cried and said, Mom, that was the worst. That was the worst one. There were members of Mike's care team that were former students of his. They were so broken. And I almost felt like God was giving me, I know he was, he was giving me strength so that I could wrap my arms around them. And, I mean, they showed up at his calling hours. Um, it, it was incredible. It was an incredible journey. Uh, there's so much more I could say. And, and, and here it's been how many months, and there are times when I feel like I'm, I'm going right back to the beginning and starting over. 
and and I'm saying to the Lord, am I starting this grief process all over again? And he's like, no, no, it's like a, it's like a cyclone. <laughs> it circles, it circles, it circles. And sometimes, sometimes you're right in the midst of that devastating circular motion. And sometimes you land in the eye and you just sit in peace and grace. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going home and not immediately, not, like I, I did immediately, I pulled a shirt of Mike's out to sleep with it, to just smell it. <laughs> and I laughed because I'm like, oh, yeah, we're a fragrance-free family. <laughs> I can't even smell him, smell him on his clothes. And then my daughter came. When my one daughter came, I saw her upstairs, and she literally had his drawer open and had her head inside. And she's like, this is, this is where I smell Dad, right inside this drawer. And I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. Um, So anyway, there's a lot of places I could go with this, but pretty immediately, Beth, the Lord took me to uh, two scriptures. And I remember saying to him, oh, sweet Jesus, I don't know if, if I'm taking these in context or what. I don't think I am, but I really believe you have led me here for such a time as this. And I'm just going to rattle through my, my Bible and find them. But the one is Isaiah, and it's a very, very familiar passage because I would cry out to the Lord and I would be like, what happened? None of this made sense. My husband was the healthiest person I ever knew in my life. He'd lost, he'd lost close to 70 pounds. He was so, he was such a good steward of everything. He was a runner. He was a bicycler. Um, He was so disciplined. And I would just lament before God and say, I don't get this. I just don't get this at all. It's not fair. It doesn't make sense. It should have been me. I had COVID so badly, you know, like almost a year before that. He still slept with me. He took care of me. Uh, We kissed each other. It was crazy. So God just brought to my mind Isaiah 55. And... um, I know you're familiar with this, starting in verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I remember sharing that with my kids as we were gathered around after the days of his passing, and, um, and just saying, I think the more it doesn't make sense... And the more unfair it feels, the more I know God is all over it. Mm -hmm. It's him. It's his doing. It's his will being done. And I remember Darian, because both of us felt so guilty, like, why didn't we see this? Why didn't I go home with Mike? Why did we even go to Missouri? Why, why, why? We were both just in a really hard place. And then Darian said, so many things went wrong in just the right way over those several days during Dad's sickness that I can't not see God all over it. It it was like we had no control. Things would happen that were like, where'd this come from? Where'd that come from? Why'd that happen? And, and, you know, long story short with that, looking back, you only do what you know to do. 
And when you're giving it all to God, you just have to keep trusting in you've given it all to God. Mm -hmm. Now are you going to let him do what he does with it? So then the Lord took me to Isaiah 57. Verse 1. The righteous man perishes, and no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away while no one understands, for the righteous man is taken away from calamity. And you know what? Again, I told the Lord, "Eh, maybe I'm taking that out of context, but I'm writing in my Bible, that is my mic. Mm. That's my mic. And I thought in those days to follow When I think of Mike, oh, I could go way back, Beth. You know Mm -hmm. I could and tell Mm -hmm. you what kind of a marriage we had. And and Mike would tell you, if he were sitting here at this table, he would tell you what kind of a person he was and that he did not deserve me. And I would sit here and say, oh, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. I did not deserve you. Mm -hmm. You were too good for me. No, you were too good for me, blah, 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 blah. But those are the places you eventually get to if you're willing to do the work Mm -hmm. and you see the goodness of God as you walk out, anyone who is in Jesus Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And that's what we're told. And, um, but, you know, we have to take time to sit with that and to reflect on that and to thank God for it. And those are the things that can help us to not be stuck where we are, to sit in the muck and the mire, to ponder it, and then to remember, as we're told all throughout Deuteronomy, to remember what God has done and how he has transformed, and the goodness of God in both Mike and in me as individuals and as a team that only he could do, only he could do. And even we can say we're willing But Beth, what I have learned and I'm still learning is my willingness still will not do it. Mm -hmm. I literally have to say to God, I'm here again, Lord, living out. John 15, 5, apart from you, I can do nothing. Every breath I take, every beat of my heart, everything is from you, by you, for you. (laughs) I, I can't. But you can, and I am so thankful. And those are the things that keep me pressing in. And honestly, Beth, if I didn't lean into the full sovereignty of God through Mike's death and then everything else in my life, before, during, and after, I I don't know where I would be. Mm -hmm. I, I am so thankful that I really have control of nothing except my obedience. And even that, I ask God, help me to obey. Help me to obey. And wouldn't we want that from our kids, for them to come to us and express the deep need to be obedient, but to know that, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, I need you to even help me to be obedient. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, that's, that's kind of a part one. <laughs> yes, that's definitely a part one. And I, I think about the choices you made along the way to continue to abide in Christ. So John 15 is a beautiful place to begin and to end. And and I give this to you, dear listener. John 15, 1, Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Verse 4, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5 goes on to say, as Libby just quoted beautifully, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. I sit here as one who can attest to the fact that Mike Pakula bore much fruit. And the world still misses him. However, he's not gone. He's just relocated. Mm -hmm. He is fully alive, Mm -hmm. and he is with Christ. And it is with that hope that my dear friend Libby continues to move on, to take the next step she chooses. She chooses well. I remember the verse in Joshua that says, Choose this day Mm -hmm. whom you will serve. And I am witness to the fact that as for Libby and her household, they have chosen the Lord. Libby, thank you for telling part one of your story. We'll be back another day with more of your story because it is a beautiful love story, but it's not an easy story. And I think perhaps that's something that this world that we live in with the the brokenness that we all sense in our lives needs to hear from someone who is continuing to journey through. Dear listener, please open the word. Go to John 15 today and talk to your sweet Jesus and ask him to help you abide. He is faithful and he will never leave you or forsake you. Thank you for joining us in this story. And contact us if you have questions, need to know more. Just please, you can find us through Facebook, Open the Word, through Instagram, Open the Word. And allow the Word to guide you through your hard places today. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse, to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.